Hello, welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Thursday, 25th of June. My name is Ben, and on the line, as always, it's Andrew. How you doing, mate? I'm all right, boiling hot, but other than that, I'm all right, really. What about yourself? Yeah, pretty much the same, and I, I don't know if the uh, the temperature kind of um, influenced my ability to get too worked up about last night. I don't know if I'm just mm-hmm. like, um, well, chill, for want of a better word, I suppose. I wish I was chill. Because I'm yeah. melting constantly, <laughs> the minute. but um, yeah, go go on. I'll, I'll let you. We've we've uh, I kind of purposefully held off asking you uh, separately what what your feelings about last night's game were. So the floor is yours. Where do you want to start? Uh, I think it was always going to be difficult, weren't it? Um, I think I thought in the first half we showed some all right things. To be fair, a little bit better. I thought first half in the previous two games, but second half for a bit. Oh, it were a little bit embarrassing, weren't it? They were that much better than us. That it were, it were a painful watch, shall we say? Yeah, I, I agree more with that second part there about a painful watch. Rather, I personally mm-hmm. was not really embarrassed by this. Just not like the Newcastle game where I was embarrassed watching us just be pulled apart by what I maintain is a below-average Premier League team, and we made that yeah. really easy for them. But yeah, this is. I mean. It's basically what I expected last night. I mean, just just outclassed by much better players. I don't, you know, I tweeted last night like uh, Solskjaer made that quintuple substitution. It's probably the, well, I, I don't know if it's happened in uh, one of the other leagues that have restarted, but certainly in English football history, the first quintuple substitution. And um, I tweeted, you know, every one of those players he brought on would walk into our team, and um, you know, would probably be one of the best two or three players on our team, and. Yeah. I, you know, I don't. I sort of fired that out, and I was like, oh, I've probably been a bit harsh there." But you're looking, it's like, no, it is actually true. You know, mm-hmm. as good as our players are, and you know, nothing, nothing but for uh, but respect for what um, what they've achieved this season. And I do think a lot of them are very good players at this level. But mm-hmm. you know, we 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 do have to perform at our maximum, I think, in order to get results out of a lot of games. And you certainly need it when you're going up against Man United with. Um, yeah, the players that they've got back and in that temperature as well. I mean, I don't want to make excuses because obviously the conditions are the same for both teams, but what a nightmare team to play against in um, in 30-degree heat when yeah. you know when so much of our game is about like physical intensity as well. I mean, yeah. just a, a nightmare watch, really. I I'd, like, I'd like to clarify what I meant by embarrassing. Sorry, I don't mean embarrassing from the sense of I didn't expect us to go there and win or whatever, but what I mean is, for instance, we've... understandably to a degree we've been talked up by the pundits and stuff as Champions League challengers Sheffield United you know what I mean Mm. and I think that was just a massive wake up call in terms of like uh, hopefully for the supporters as well I mean we've said before neither of us thought we were going to get in Europe or anything like that but I think maybe people got a bit carried away with the dream and started expecting us to be competing with Man United and Chelsea when it's pretty unrealistic people will say well we did in the early part of the season but it is a full season, and the reason the the cream rises to the top is because they're better. Yeah, you know, you're not going to find Man United or Chelsea going on, on a on the sort of run that we're on or likely to go on or whatever you want to, however you want to play it. But you know, I just think that we we were we were out of his depth. We were got outclassed, and I think it's as simple as that. It were horrible conditions, um, weird conditions as well. Third game in seven days, I think it were. Um, yeah, and we we're coming up against a team that were just miles better than us. Yeah, um, I mean that you know, it's kind of. I think it's easy to sort of throw it back to when we played Manu in uh, at the end of November and go like, well, look, we we competed with them brilliantly there and should have beaten them. You know, we looked better than Man United mm. for eighty minutes of that game. 
and that's true, but things have changed so massively. I mean, we've yeah. had this three-month layoff. We're playing football in the end of June in 30-degree heat. Um, we are missing a bunch of key players. Man U are vastly better than they were that day. I mean, it's it's not even a, a contest. I mean, you know, Pogba comes back in. Fernandez is this absolute superstar that they've picked up. Rashford's mm. fit now uh, compared to where he was pre-lockdown. They, they look like one of the... They've just basically hugely benefited from this break. I think getting those getting those players back, and they're they're perfectly set up yeah. to be uh, like we what we talked about before. One of those teams that have the individual quality where it doesn't really matter if the intensity is a bit lower from the rest this of them. Is, yeah, I've written this down actually. I said like for me, there's three or four things that I think could be touched on here. I think one of them is that no teams are evidently none of the teams are match fit yet. I think that's pretty obvious. I don't think anyone's at the the full tilt, are they? Not that I've uh, seen. But I think that stands out more for us because of the limitations, limitations in terms of pace and individual creativity. Mm. Um, we get past that by our teamwork, tactics and intensity and stuff. And I think all those three things have been hampered, haven't they, with the lockdown? But obviously, yeah. we're, not, we're not there with the the intensity, clearly, like every other team is in. We're not getting any chance at all to get things right on the training ground because it's it's sort of lose, recover, lose. <laughs> you know, that's what's happening at the moment. So I've seen a lot of people say, oh, we should be changing this formation, 4-4-2, 4-3. I understand that completely, and at any normal time you would be considering that. I just think that we're not getting anywhere. We've built everything on this 3-5-2 and everyone knowing the roles, and that's why we've been so good, mainly because of the teamwork and people knowing, right, he drops in there if he goes there and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Can you change that in the space of two days, which is basically what Wilder's got to work with the players before the next game? I doubt it, to be honest. I mean, just completely doing it on the fly and hoping for the best, really, aren't you? I mean, I think the, the League Cup games sum it up. I think the League Cup games, it, 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 this has almost been like a League Cup performances, I think. I don't mm. know if you, if you agree with that. I think there's a number of reasons. I think we're playing, you know, the, the backups are evidently nowhere near as good as the, the first team as yesterday. Simon Moore, Jagielka, Robinson. If we're all going to be honest, they're not a patch or the Onegan, O'Connell, and Henderson. No, that becomes a, a, it becomes a championship defence, that doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's a huge, huge drop off, and but it's not just that for me. I think it's the roles, you know, the the, the second goal, for instance, Jagielka comes out to stop. I think he goes to Pogba because there's no one on him. Mm-hmm. And normally, if that, I mean, Egan don't do that anyway. But if Egan had done that, you imagine that Norwood would think, "Hang on, Egan's doing what he normally does here. I'm going to drop in here." Yeah. That doesn't happen. You know, Jagielka pushes out, Norwood goes to the left, and we're all over the place. So it's a really simple goal. So I think that's a, a huge part of it, that people are coming in, we're having like three or four changes every match or, or whatever, you know, with the defence and stuff, and we're not having any time to work on, right, well, he plays like this, so you do this. And there's not really much to, to, to work on in the training ground because it's just match after match. And I think all that together, along with the two bad performances before this one, the confidence is shot. I think before like the season, before this restart, we had a sense of, oh, we can be as good as anyone. You know, we mm. we we've got this. We can. They might have got the individuals, but we've got the team. You lose two or three games in bad circumstances, or two or three bad performances, and you suddenly start losing your confidence in yourself individually and with the team itself. I think that's just natural in any sport, isn't it? Yeah, I feel a bit naive for sort of. Uh, buying the line about like how we'd be ready to go and you know normal intensity because mm. actually when you when you look at it it's like well we haven't played for three months so we're going to be rusty you know we haven't been doing contact training apart from like the last couple of weeks before we restarted it's hot as anything outside like yeah. 
what was what was I thinking? Like you know, in, in hindsight, it's like you can't expect this team to come back and race around like that. And look, we have looked poor in all three games, and we're definitely yeah. going to get into that as well. But I don't know. I, I find it hard to be like we lost three nil to Manu. Like everything's you know the world's coming to an end. That's it. We're never going to win a game ever again. Like I think you can look at the, all three games and say you know big question marks about how the rest of this season goes. But I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm certainly not ready to. Declare, yeah, like, well, I've seen some things problems. like I've seen a lot of things like oh, I'm I'm really worried about next season. It's up to people what they want to base it on. But if you want to base it on three games in ridiculous, unprecedented circumstances, for instance, Chester played his third game in seven days in 30 degrees heat in front of nil fans, rather than the 28 that went before, we were lots of good side. Well, obviously, people will have their own their own ideas. I just don't see the logic in that personally. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as you say, you know, the players missing. That's you wonder how it might have gone differently if O'Connell and Fleck hadn't got injured. Um, mm. You know, those, those first two games particularly. Um, I don't. I don't think the result would have been much different had we had Henderson, Egan, and O'Connell last night. To be honest, I mean, I think we might have made them work a bit harder for it. But yeah, ultimately, you know, the, the attackers that they have, it would have been really, really difficult to avoid defeat for sure. I mean, I mean, like. Am I being charitable to say that, like, apart from trying harder, there wasn't really much else we could have done last night? Like, you know, you kind of touched on different formations or different personnel. I mean, yeah, I don't think it made a difference. We had Moose really and McGoldrick as we wanted, and you know, it just we just didn't have a chance, did we? I've seen people say we were negative, or, or Wilder's gone negative. I don't know if people noticed, but every time we went forward. Mm. We were getting absolutely hammered on the break, and I think we got a little bit scared, to be honest. I think as a team, thinking. Hang on, if I go forward here, it's 30 degrees as well, remember. <laughs> you know, if I push forward here and we don't get the ball, I'm going to have to make another long run, busting run back. Yeah. Pointlessly, really, because you're never going to catch Radford, Martial and, you know, all the others they've got. And I, I just think that we, I don't think it was negative. And like you say, I don't think there's much we could have done. I thought Manu was really good, to be honest. I thought they, some people might look at our performance, but arguably the best performance we've come up against this season, I think, with Manu, that. Yeah, my dad said that and... Uh... I find it hard to disagree with. I think Liverpool away was a different level, but that was more like, I don't know, that was almost more tactical, wasn't it? It's just like, you're just not going to see the ball. Whereas Manu, yeah, they just just carved us open time and again. And yeah, some of that was down to the, you know, players we had on the pitch. Some of it was down to individual performances. But yeah, as you say, a lot of it down to counter-attacks. I mean, there's that one, like our one sort of uh, decent opening, I suppose, in the first half where Baldock got it inside the box. And I think he ended up having his shot blocked and then, like three seconds later, Rashford's missing an empty net in our yeah. penalty area. Yeah, and you're just like, "Oh my god, that's that's." And this brutal. is what I mean by I think I wonder if the players got a little bit sort of uh, scared, might be the wrong word, but you know, apprehensive about pushing forward as much as they did in that. There were a bit of a 10, 15 minute spell where we did get people in the box and stuff. Didn't yeah, we? Well, it, it was a slow build up, I and mean, we should have been faster and stuff. But we were sort of causing a few issues. And I wonder if that sort of that Rashford chance in particular made people think, "Oh, hang on, I don't want to be <laughs> pushing too far up here because we're going to get absolutely annihilated." And I think second half were a bit of a damage limitation as yeah. well. I think we were very, very concerned of if we push too many people forward here. I mean, I think I, I imagine the the idea to a degree was maybe keep it at two 0 final fifteen minutes, maybe go for it then. Where you, nobody wants Wilder knew. I, I would have thought that the worst thing that could possibly happen is a six or seven nil drubbing, which could have easily have happened yesterday. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I know it's um yeah, I think we it's such a I mean that 2-0 down at half time. 
uh, I don't want to keep banging on about the heat, but it is a factor, particularly you know when oh, we've yeah, got mo- is, more yeah. games coming up in three or four days' time. Uh, days time, you know, you just like what? What are you supposed to do there? Like, if you press too intensely, you might get picked off anyway, and you'll be even more knackered. If you just yeah. sit back, you're just going to be shuttling around, chasing shadows essentially, but trying to conserve some energy and not get pulled apart. I, yeah, I, I have I have some sympathy for. Uh, that second half and I don't I don't think it was a normal game for a start I think man you're really good but I think the the, the, the temperatures and the, and the amount of games we've played and have got coming up if you don't add that into a factor I think you, you're probably looking at it with a bit of an agenda to be honest and just wanted to slag us off because that is clearly a big part of what happened yesterday yeah um, I do think you know we did actually play well in patches the goals the first two goals came at such bad times for us and I don't I don't want that to sound like oh they just accidentally happened because you know they they were a uh, product of uh well some good play from Manu and some poor play by us. Um but you know around those two goals we were actually doing quite well you know the first first mm. sort of five or six minutes we you know we had a lot of play Lundstrom was getting on the ball a lot and Baldock getting forward you know Lund- uh, <coughs> Norwood was kind of spreading play nicely out to the wings got a few crosses in and then suddenly we're 1-0 down from Essentially, a really simple throw-in. Like it wasn't even a a routine. They just threw no, it into the box. Really bad goal to concede. Thought Norwood were really weak in that in the in the challenge, and then we sort of three people went to the same player, and yeah, simple goal really. Yeah, just gets. It was a good finish by Marshall. Um, yeah, just, just gets slammed across and and slammed into the net, and that's one nil. And then you know Rashford had that chance on the counter as well after Marshall went through and. I was sort of sat there going like after ten minutes, like, well, apart from the fact we should be two 0 down, yeah, we're actually doing okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, probably yeah, the yeah. story of uh, the game, I guess. And then yeah, the second, uh, the second goal, it comes. We had that drinks break in the first half, and uh, for once, I was grateful for a drinks break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that uh, that definitely helped us just sort of recharge, I think. And then we had a good sort of fifteen twenty minutes, but then yeah, to concede again just before half time and. You know, you, you you touched on it. The man you worked it quite nicely, didn't they? You know, Pogba sort of uh, sucked a couple of players towards him and then played yeah. it out wide, and yeah, it just ends up another another cross, another finish from Martial. But just a minute before half time, I think it was as well. Wilder mentioned this in his uh, post match interview as well. Just, I mean, that was that was the game. I, I just yeah, it was. I just thought as soon as I went, I was like, oh well, there's not really much point watching the second half, like. Well, yeah, over. I mean, it was literally, I think I said, Judah, it was literally that Simpsons meme of stop is already dead. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah. there was no way we are getting back into that without something incredible happening. Um, and I think, you know, it, we should probably touch on the negatives as well in terms of the performance. We, despite the fact we played all right, we still didn't create anything, did we? And no. I, I still think the build-up play is, is way slower than it was pre-lockdown. Um Particularly pre-Christmas, actually, I think I think we sort of take, which is understandable because of the the intensity as we've talked about the match practice and stuff. But we are taking that extra touch, and we're a lot slower. You mm. know, p- people are slagging Baldockoff for his crosses, which I understand they've not been great at all. But it's not not very little to aim at because by the time we've got to this position, everyone's back. You know, yeah. so it's got to be sort of an inch perfect ball. Um, so there there is, you know, I'm not gonna. I think I'm not gonna sit here and say. Oh, it was all because of the circumstances, and you know, three cheers for Ramirez, like off uh, Mike Bassett, <laughs> and just like praising Man United and stuff. Because we weren't amazing, we weren't sort of, we weren't the team we were pre-lockdown. But I do think that some of the criticism I've seen is way over the top. Yeah, I I don't even know if I can really comment on individuals 
uh, in the second half. As we, we just barely touched the ball, did we? I mean, yeah, my mate, my mate described it as year 11s versus year 7s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's you know, I, I, I don't enjoy that at all. I did no. not, not enjoy watching Man United look, frankly, a couple of leagues better than us uh, in that second half. Yeah, we had 106 passes in the whole of the second half, only 27 of which were in the attacking third. And uh, one shot. In fact, we had one shot in the last hour of the game, which is is not good. Um, and it wasn't a chance, really, was it? No, it was like a run and 30-yarder from McBurney. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, the strikers will be in for more criticism, but we've just not created anything in these three games at all. I mean, we... I mentioned I mentioned the other game. Um, Villa was our lowest xG of the season. Well, this was even lower, point one yeah. one. And in fact, in the three games since we came back, we haven't mustered one whole expected goal yet, which is is pretty yikes, to be honest. You know, that's that's not good at all <laughs> attacking wise. And uh, no. yeah, even yesterday, you know, even <laughs> with I, the... again, I put that down a lot to the uh, match practice and intensity and stuff because we work overloads, as we know. I think O'Connell's been a huge miss, obviously, but I think it goes deeper than that. And I think it's the fact that we're not we're taking that second touch, if you know what I mean, and we're not as fast or as intense as we we did play. And without that, we do lack. And as I said, I think this sort of lockdown thing has put all our flaws. It shone and it put a light on them, hasn't it? Really, yeah. in terms of that, we've got no pace. We've got no one who really takes anyone on, and we've got we haven't got that individual creativity who can just play a. You know, a through ball through, and that's it. You know, you clean through on goal. We're all about the teamwork, and that when that's not happening, and when so many people are off it, as Wilder said yesterday, we're going to look a pretty average to poor side, I think. Yeah, although having said that, an average Premier League side will do very nicely for me. Oh for, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for the yeah. next few seasons for sure. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, I hate to do this, but you know, Manu had what four or five players who cost more than our entire team combined, yeah. like. You know. And I, I do wonder if, obviously, because of all the talk in the media and stuff about Champions League, I mean, I, I run Radio 5 myself talking about it. I'm, I'm not being a hypocrite about it. You know, I, I, they were saying, like, oh, what's it like? And I was going, oh, it'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Because I think we all sort of got caught up in it because it's a fantastic dream to have. Despite the fact I said I don't think it had happened, this, it was still there. And then to see your team basically just in the first sort of three games of the season, just completely lose any realistic chance of any sort of European success or uh, getting into Europe. It, it does yeah. hurt and stuff, but we, I think it's a bit of a, you know, take stock and a bit of a wake-up call about where we are. We're, we're more of a, uh, and there's nothing wrong with this, I think we're more of a Southampton than a, than a Man United. Yeah, yes. Well, give me that, definitely, for the next few seasons yeah, at yeah. least. Yeah, and That's it. And every team has gone on a run like this, uh, it, it, below the top seven or eight or whatever, even just, even Arsenal taught them to a degree, in fact. But you now Southampton got have a nine 0 at home. Uh, yeah. Watford went on a massive run where they didn't. Now they look a good side. Watford again. Uh, Brighton obviously went. What were it? Ten games without a win or something. And now they're picking up. But it happens, you know. It, it, people go on bad runs of form, and we're not any better or worse, in my opinion, than the likes of Southampton and Brighton and Burnley. Yeah, we've been. Um, uh, Jay was tweeting out some good stats about this last night as well, actually. But we have been a. Like a fine margin team that's kind of overperformed. Through up to I did see this, yeah, and I completely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think we've we've talked about that quite a bit as well, haven't we? That we're you know while we were like six and a win away from fifth, it was like it's pretty difficult to imagine that that's going to you know it, it could happen because we'd got ourselves into that position where you know suddenly a, a ten game season or whatever, if you can you know win some of those games against the teams around you, then you know it, do, it doesn't really matter that you've been a 
you know, a, a fairly average Premier League se- team all the way through the season, you could actually get yourself in Europe. But yeah, there's there's a little bit of like coming back down to earth, I think. And it's you know, I'm I'm I, you know, try and be balanced on this podcast. I've always tried to do that, and uh, I'm certainly not ready to flip the other way into like we're never going to um. score a goal again. We're going to get relegated with zero points next season or anything like that. Like, come on, <laughs> this yeah. is, it's going to be a weird six weeks of football, I think. Um, and yeah, this is it, and I, I can't put too much onto it. It's sort of, I think, just watching the other games as well. I, I can't. It, it gives me more leeway with United as well because we're seeing some strange things happen with with a lot of teams and strange games happening. And you know, I mean, we'll we'll go on to the Arsenal game later. But you mentioned earlier about the injuries they've got and stuff, and it, it, it's a, it's a strange time. We're gonna, but we're basically getting what a quarter of a season in in a month. That's not going to happen in any other circumstances unless there's another, uh, you know, spike or whatever. There's another lockdown next year. It's unlikely that this is ever going to happen again. I don't know how much you can judge the team in these weird circumstances. Yeah. Uh, That said, uh, I do think some criticism is merited for a few players. Uh, Stevens. Has mm. come back looking dreadful, I think, frankly. One he dropped the... off, didn't he, in the first half, of the, uh, the second half of the championship season, his first championship season. Mm, I, don't I know you're in the end of the that. Defender Club with Jay, but I, am, I think yeah, but, sorry. yeah, I think his performances did sort of drop off uh, in the second half of that season. But this is another level. It's gone from like eight or nines every week to two or threes, hasn't it? Yeah, it's just. I mean, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was the start of the second half, wasn't it? We like we kicked off, we passed it out to him on the wing, and he just basically took a touch and dribbled it immediately out of play like what are you doing <laughs> how have you done that i know you're not that yeah. bad at football and the, the, the goal do you know when he gets taken on is it the second goal uh yeah yeah I think yeah it was, and yeah. if you just go past him and that's that's not happening is it three months ago no i don't think so and really i'm fascinated to see how we look when o'connell comes back because mm. stevens may need that uh safety blanket if you like of you know always knowing where he's going to be versus Robinson who he's never played with before apart from in fact he's probably not even played with him in the Cups has it might have been Osborne in those games um, and uh, yeah it, you know we've just we're so right hand heavy it feels at the moment on our attacks you know yeah. even even in these very brief patches where we've looked quite good against Newcastle and um, and Man United it's all really down the right you know we had a, yeah. a, little, a little bit of interplay in the first half where it's sort of Fleck and Robinson and McGoldrick out on the left but it just didn't go anywhere did it you know you sort of just it stalls you, you, there's not that run round the outside no. and run into the box and this is again ball. the thing of not getting on the training ground I've seen a lot of people criticise Robinson in the last two games I completely see why um, um, with his background of being not getting into a championship side last year it's a pretty easy narrative to jump to isn't it saying well you're just not good enough but it'd be interesting to see if we have had a week for instance where we could work on these and say to like Jack Robinson right he does this this is what's going to happen let's look at a few videos I just don't think we're getting any sort of time are we to get ourselves together in that sort of in that sense I suppose not I'm, I'm not sure yeah I personally wouldn't single Robinson out particularly for Chris no I don't think he's been any better or worse than anybody else I think in the first game was really good I think as you say though from an attacking sense it looks bad because we're not creating anything down the left but for me that's just as much to do with the poor form of Fleck and Stevens yeah and also the fact he's a centre-back and centre-backs generally in, in football aren't relied on his creative I mean, yeah, outlets yeah, this, this is what I mean with the training sense like you know yeah, yeah. If, if Wilder could get in and say right look he does this you push forward here I mean it's, you know it's, it's, I'm making it sound simple it's obviously it, look how long it took O'Connell to get used to that system yeah uh, you mentioned Baldock I thought he had a bit of a shocker to be honest I just 
not in terms of making mistakes, but like he was the one player we were able to get on the ball in some space, and his his, his distribution was really poor. Just... And I, like I said, I had sympathy for him because there's nothing in the box, but yeah, yeah it was slow and laboured, and yeah, I thought to be honest, in the first half, the only person really it was trying to create anything or do anything with Lundstrom. I know he had that ridiculously ambitious shot, <laughs> shall we say, well, which went miles know. over, but there were nothing on for him. And I, I'm, and I'm I okay with that. That shot, I was okay with that. Ordinarily, yeah. I'm like, why are we shooting from 30 yards? Yeah, it's just so dumb. But... The, my first, is, uh, my first uh, reaction was, well, I'm not saying it's a swear word, but <laughs> <laughs> you, whatever. But then I did like take a step, you know, a, a seat back and say like, well, there's nothing on for him. There is nothing on for him. We, we were just passing it and passing it and passing it and passing it and passing it. Brilliant, but you're not going to create anything. We're 1-0 down. So, Yeah, I've, uh, I've kind of purposefully not really seen many people's reaction to this, but I actually... Look at you. <laughs> yeah, I imagine I'm going to get some uh, some tweets here calling me an idiot, but I really thought that first, like, first 40 minutes, uh, Lundstrom, probably the best individual performance from any of our players since the resumption. Am I crazy? No, I think you're completely right in that first half in particular. I thought the only I thought it were a bit more like the old Lundstrom, weren't it? That to be fair. Yep, getting on the ball, switching play, you know, dribbling, trying to find space, winning it back, putting challenges in. I thought, as I oh, he looks <laughs> he looks happy to be back on the right side of midfield and get it yeah. sort of like uh, shoehorned in on the left. So yeah, good for him. Obviously, the longer the game went on, I mean, he was absolutely shagged by the end of it when he just there were one where the end where he he sort of tried to close down. I don't know who it is one of their players, one Basaka maybe, and he he looks as fast as I do. <laughs> I'm I've not properly played football for ages, and I I've got a massive Achilles injury, <laughs> and I'm overweight because of the lockdown. So. <laughs> But I reckon I could have probably got there a bit quicker than Lundstrom could have in that thing, but yeah. And Mike yeah. Wilder after, didn't he? A lot of it is mentally tired. He probably yeah. gets there a lot quicker if we're winning 1 0 with two minutes to go. Yeah, and he's, Lundstrom must have played, what, uh, game and a half, two games and a half, I think, in a week? Yeah, yeah. He didn't start against Newcastle, did he? But came on, I think. Is that right? Maybe he- not. Did he come on? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Pretty he sure did, he yeah. did. Yeah, otherwise, yeah. otherwise, we'd have been down to like Leon Clark. I, I sort of already erased that game. I was like, but yeah. <laughs> Very wise. Um, any? Would you apportion? It's a good word. That apportion. Apportion oh, any? Any blame to Simon Moore? Maybe not for the goals, but I think he he don't inspire much confidence. Shall we say? I don't know if you agree with that. I thought it was fine. I, I really, I find I have a hard time saying that any of those goals were his fault to be honest I don't think the goals were there's just certain I don't know it's probably because we're playing rubbish and you know you look at the the goal he's, he's coming for two games and let six goals in but those six goals are against Man United so yeah he's a backup goalkeeper I mean look he's, yeah. not, he's not Dean Henderson um, yeah, I, I, yeah I don't think he could have done anything with the goals really so he obviously spilled one in the second half which didn't look great but I mean did you see Wilder have a go at him in the first half yeah, I did. I thought that was quite curious. Obviously, it was still one nil at that point. It was yeah, during the uh... work out. I thought he's not really had anything to do. Yeah, I wonder if he was. I, I don't know. Maybe it was uh, saying like something to do with his distribution, as in stop kicking mm-hmm. it, stop passing it out. Or, but then, to be honest, I thought he was doing quite well at that. You know. Um, yeah, they were a good little pass in the first half. I thought, like started an attack with Baldock, didn't I? Yeah, and like I mean, maybe it was. Um, he was saying something along the lines of, you know, tell your defence to get out a bit more or something like yeah. that, you know, to get the line higher, but you'd think that would be something for uh, Jaggy Elka to set, I suppose. What did you what do you think of Jags in uh, another one who's only started two games and shipped six goals, I suppose? 
Absolutely superb quote from Lothblade uh, on S2 today where he said something like, um, I'm 38 this year, I think he said, and um, he's, that performance made me realise that I'm probably too old to make it as a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, to, be, to be honest, I don't think he were as, I think he were as bad and as good as everybody else. I think in, in that back line, I think it's so difficult for a number of reasons. He's a 38-year-old who's played one game all season Coming in in 30 degrees E up against Martial, Rashford, Pogba, Fernandez. You know what? I don't know what, what. I've seen a lot of criticism for him as well, saying he's not good enough. And I don't know what people are expecting him to come in and just do a world class, you know, sort of uh, Franco Baresi style performance. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's still 37, by the way. He's 37 yeah, until he's yeah. 38. Yeah, um, yeah. He's the, the only old... player we've got older than me, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> the. Oldest outfield player to feature in the Premier League this season. You see that? It's a good job. I did. I was actually going to nominate him for my outside in Manamatra based on that, but I thought uh, I might get pelted, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, look, it's the same again, isn't it? He's a backup central defender. I mean, I, I told, you know, when, when we talked about uh, Robinson's debut against Villa, I said, yeah. you know, you can kind of hide a central defender in a back three. Like, you know, as in you can have a sort of average to slightly below average central defender in a three you can kind of get away with it but mm. suddenly when you're uh when you're having to plonk one right in the middle of the three and you've got a backup on the outside as well and a, a backup goalkeeper that's a lot harder so yeah I, I don't think he I mean he you know he didn't really cover himself in glory but he, he made a few sort of last ditch covering tackles that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, they could really have got in four or five times, you know, instead of just three or four, I suppose, yeah. that they did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ideally, you don't want Jagielka starting many games, I think. But I guess, you know, we knew that we've known that all along, haven't we? Do you think this will be his last season, maybe even his last performance, possibly? I think it'll definitely be his last season, yeah. It's a one-year contract, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think that, that'll be it. And it'll be interesting to see because I think this... I mean, we said, didn't we, before, before the game started, if the worst-case scenario happens, which it looks like it's going to happen... Uh, and we, we uh, you know, we, we play awfully till the end of the season or whatever. At least this is a bit of a... It, we've missed the second season syndrome thing that everyone bangs on about because we've had a... We can have a look now, can't we? Yeah. You know, Jagielka's probably not going to be good enough, you know, for another year. Is Jack Robinson really long-term? We don't... I mean, obviously, these things all... It's too early to judge. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm just sort of... Uh, suggesting that these things later on down the line uh, will probably be answered. Quick break to tell you about a brand new sponsor of BlazePod. Do you ever look down at your shoes or trainers and think they could use a bit of a touch-up? Then look no further than Glistening Kicks, a Sheffield-based business who deliver high-end cleaning, restoration and weather treatment services for shoes, sneakers and trainers. Glistening Kicks will remove loose dirt and debris, give laces, shoes and midsoles a deep clean and can also touch up any scuffs or imperfections on your shoes. And if you're looking for a repaint due to damage or general wear and tear, they can take care of that for you too. Whether it's a pair of designer shoes or a well-loved and much-worn set of favourite trainers, Glistening Kicks offer local collection and return in Sheffield and the surrounding areas, including Rotherham, Barnsley, Chesterfield and other locations in South Yorkshire and Derbyshire. They also do nationwide shipping via their safe, fast and reliable courier service. So wherever you are in the country, you can be sure your footwear is in the best possible hands. I should also mention Glistening Kicks is run by Blades fans. They've recently started offering a service to add a Blades logo to your trainers or if you have a Wednesday fan in your life that you think needs cheering up, which is probably all of them to be honest, the Wednesday logo is also available. 
Save yourself from spending on a brand new pair and give your existing kicks the treatment they deserve instead. Head to glisteningkicks.co.uk and book your service today. That's glisteningkicks.co.uk. Now back to the podcast. Um, do you want to? I just want to. Any any Man U players that you enjoyed watching particular? Or was it was it too painful? It was painful. I mean, I, the, I like I say, I, I'm very reluctant, especially at the time, to say. God, he's good <laughs> uh, when they played against us. But to be honest, I thought I thought Fernandez were incredible again. Like he every is time we really good, yeah. yeah. And I was wondering when he first came in. He had a first couple of good games. I thought I've seen this before with Man United players. So mm. even with Dan James, didn't we earlier on the season where he looked a world beater and then sort of plateaued and sort of petered mm. out a little bit. And but he looks the real deal, doesn't he? Yeah, I, similar to you, really, because uh, it, it comes from uh, Portuguese league, which is not. Yeah. Not the strongest leagues playing in a, a sporting team, which is like uh, I'm, I'm going to hope that my uh, Portuguese mate doesn't start listening to the podcast and, and hear this. Sporting are a, <laughs> Sporting are a step down from uh, Benfica and, and Porto, and um, yeah, so I, you know, I knew he was a good player for them, but to see him, the way he's like landed on his feet in the Premier League, he's, oh, he's great to watch, and he's such a he's such a great fit for Man United because they, I mean, all season they've had such like a, a wealth of good players in attack but something's just like been missing to kind of unlock it all hasn't it and he's yeah he's like watching him he's like a he, he plays football like a, like a kid playing fifa you know he's just like every time he gets the ball it's just shoot or through ball every single yeah, time yeah, like, yeah a little like, flicks or something like that yeah yeah i don't care don't care what the situation is i'm either going to shoot from 20 yards or i'm going to try a little flick around the corner or a through ball or something crazy like that and that's great to watch and when he's, you've got he, he, I think it might might be a bit of a step to say this, but it's almost like he's changed the team single-handedly. They've gone from looking a bit of a eight, seven, six Arsenal Tottenham style team to looking like a genuine top four side. I think since he's come in, I don't think that's a stretch at all. I think that's very, very fair. And Man, you have, you know they've they've been playing like was it thirteen games unbeaten now? You know this is the other thing that I didn't bring up actually, which I meant to that they are top of the form table, aren't they? At this moment in time, they are the best team in the league in terms of uh, the last, as you said, the last twelve. I think it is unbeaten. Yeah, I would be, you know, I, I definitely uh, laid into this United team, uh, yeah. Manchester United, that is. Um, God, I've done a Gary Neville, that's awful. You've done a Gary know. Neville, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, this Man United team, um, uh, when we played them in November, and, you know, pretty, still not totally sold on uh, Ole as a manager. I think he got very lucky at the start of his reign with a ridiculously easy run of fixtures, which kind of won him the job, if you like, and then was not surprised at all when. Perform, uh, form dropped off after that but if you look at this team now I would be really really excited if I was a Man United fan I would be wanting almost wanting next season to start immediately yeah. if you like um, and this is the thing my, my, I talked to my dad actually after the game and uh, he switched off at half time and I can't, can't cope with it <laughs> <laughs> bless you dad he says it gets to him too much but um, and I, I, he was saying he goes yeah they, they all play well Man United but it'll be interesting to see once the crowds come back and stuff can they keep that up? I think it's a lot easier for these better sides. We've seen it with City. I mean, City are really good anyway, but the technical teams and the, and the teams with the flair plays and stuff definitely seem to be having more joy with the no crowds thing, which we I think we brought before uh, yeah. before it restarted. We're probably going to happen. I think Man United are a prime example of that. It'd be interesting to see once the the crowds come back and there's a bit of you know expectation and stuff and things are a bit back to normal whether they can keep it up because I thought yesterday. As average as we were, I thought they looked really good. Yeah. Uh, the other one, just quickly mention, I mean, it's oddly, oddly a hot take, cost £100 million. But I do think Pogba, I, I think when he's 
when he's being basically told to just play in first gear, just play that like holding midfielder, I just think that's unfair. Like, I, I, he's, yeah. he's so good at doing that. Like, you know, just almost barely breaking a sweat. Just, mm. he's, he's impossible to knock off the ball. His passing's fantastic. The way he reads the game, he's such a good player. And, you know, Pogba mm. versus Norwood and Fleck is just. That's not a contest. That's. I, I, we, I don't... We, this is another thing, actually. I mentioned earlier that we like like the individual uh, creativity and we like uh, pace and stuff. We like a bit of strength as well, actually. In terms of the top teams, at least, even the, like Watford and stuff, the, the beasts aren't they, these players. Yeah. Uh, so when we're not playing, we, we can't rely on. I mean, it's, it's. I find it hilarious that we get labelled as Stoke City so many times <laughs> by, by certain pundits and, uh, and and opposition fans and stuff. I just, we're nothing like that. We could have done with being a bit more like that yesterday just to break the rhythm up, but we're not like that. We're not physically imposing, I don't think. Certainly not in midfield. Yeah, and I don't think we have tried to physically impose. No, no, no. I don't want to to change that. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to have three, you know, massive plays in the middle of the park, sort of crunching tackles and stuff like that. But it's it's, uh, interesting, I think, when people think, oh, Sheffield United will kick us about and stuff. Not Mm. really what we do. We get stuck in and there's a few... You know, we're not afraid to put a challenge in, but we'll get shrugged off the ball pretty easily when you come up against the likes of Pogba and stuff. Yeah, I actually kind of would like to see us do, certainly in the next game, I'd like to, bare minimum, see us make a few challenges, you know. like Get Bessic back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've had a red card for, you know, just a non-fight and then just a bit of a tussle trying to That's win the ball. That's really interesting when we played Manchester City and they were saying we were really dirty. <clears throat> On the view from, I was mm. stunned by that. I mean, they were obviously the best challenge, which was a, an awful challenge. But yeah, I just don't think we're that sort of team. Not hugely. I mean, you know, this is another thing. I think uh, I think this is in. I'd need to look at this for the Premier League, but I think in uh, Germany, the amount of fouls have come down massively since um, since the restart. Uh, like yeah. the balls in play way more. But like us, I mean, we. So I mean, we had what was it? I think we had thirty-two percent possession yesterday. So Manu had the ball two thirds of the times. We made six fouls in the entire game. Like that's that's quite a revealing statistic, I think. Like, it is. You know, we we didn't even get near enough to them to foul them. And obviously, you know, you don't really want to go around crashing into players like when you don't have the ball anyway, like giving free kicks away and stuff. But I do think that is a little bit revealing. Um, well, the, I'll bring that up actually. I mean, I know you've not read much of the uh, what fans have been saying and and, and stuff, but I have seen a few uh, criticisms saying. The effort wasn't there. I, I just do not see that at all. And the second half, I think you can easily say that. But I but think, I think the second half, plan though, not to conserve. Yeah. You know, converse. Yeah, put in as much effort. You know, <laughs> to conserve energy. Uh, to to sort of what is the point of chasing around after a ball, getting stuck in when you're two and all down in thirty degree heat? Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I feel kind. Well, no, actually, I feel alright. I don't know why I'm second guessing myself here. I feel like we made a few excuses, but I do also feel we've been quite uh, fair in our criticism as well. Um, Wilder out. Wilder out. <laughs> I mean, the, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess just my, my closing thoughts on this game before we give out our alternative man of the match. Um, I, I, I just feel like I can't draw too many too many conclusions from that one game, but. It's still three games where we've basically given the opponents one of the easiest matches they will have all season, and I, you know, I include Villa in that. I I doubt they've had many easier games this season. I, I can remember with Villa they played Everton at home early in the season, and I was absolutely fuming at how bad Everton were, and they just basically gave Villa three points. But really, we didn't make Villa work. We gave Newcastle the game essentially uh, and let them take the Mickey out of us. 
and then yeah, Manu, as good as they were, you know, they could play in first and second gear the whole game and we never we we didn't really ask them any questions and you know we only created that one I say one chance of no in um in 270 minutes football yeah. sharps header at Newcastle you know if they've been like cuz as you've kind of pointed out a couple of times recently you know we don't shoot very often that's that's mm. not what we do but we're not we're not like almost creating chances either, are we? We're not like getting to the byline. No, and... At the end of the day, we've stuck up for them, and I think rightly so. And I like to say, well, hopefully, we've been balanced, but we are not playing well. There's no sort of no, no, getting no. away from that. I don't, I don't want people to think that we're saying everything's fine, don't worry about it. It's just this and it's just that. We aren't playing well. It's the worst form we've been in of the season by a mile. Mm-hmm. Probably the worst form we've been in since the back end of that championship season, the first season. Mm. Yeah, I think that's uh, that is a fair summary indeed. Right, let us move on to alternative man of the match. Brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. Just like the fanzine, the this award aims to take an alternative view on all things Sheffield United. Uh, who would you like to nominate for this game? I'm going to go to Norwich again. <laughs> My one man <laughs> crusade against Norwich. Continue. They can't catch us up now. Can they not? Oh, they that's could good. not catch us up as of yesterday. They could not catch us up. So. Thanks for because the first thing I always do is when we lose, I think, well, let's look for the positives. At least we're not. I'm going to give it Nigel Adkins. <laughs> at least we've not got him as manager, and at least we're like not back to those days. And at least we're not Villa and Norwich, who are bottom of the league, and you know we're playing rubbish, and we're and we're sort of you know mulling around, and we're on a bad run, and we're not playing well, and all this. But it could be so much worse. We came up with Norwich. Norwich finished above us. Mm. So I'm going to give Norwich the man of the match, sort of just to say how bad things could have been at this particular period. It is useful context that, and the same with Villa as well. I mean, they got a they got a point last night, didn't they? But yeah. you know, they're they're still very much in the mire, and really only because everyone else around the bottom has looked pretty terrible as well. That they, you know, that's the silver lining for them. I, I, definitely... I've never liked this sort of four years ago though we were in League One because yeah, that yeah. you know things change. But I think it is a fair thing to say. We came up with Norwich and Villa. The bottom two teams in the league are Norwich and Villa, and we're moaning because we've had three bad games in a row. Yeah, no, I think it's a useful context for sure. Um, I've got a couple of nominees actually. I mean, I don't know if you've if you watched Chris Basham's interview on United. I did. That's second on my list, Chris Basham. But I'm pretty sure I had him as a nomination last week, uh, the last one, whatever. So I thought I don't want people to think I'm uh, in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you going to say? Go on. I think you were a really honest interview, really good interview. Sort of took it, took all the blame. Really said we'd mm-hmm. let everybody down, and I, I just thought that that were a really good interview. And I think of all the players, he's the one. I don't think he were at his best yesterday or anything like that. He made a few basic errors, but I think he's the one since we came back who's been anywhere near what he was pre-lockdown. Yeah, over over three games. Yeah, yeah, over the three uh, games. Sorry, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I wanted to mention it because uh, it's it's curiously edited right at the end. I don't know if you watched to the very last. I don't few think seconds. it did actually. No. Good. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> they they le- basically left in the end of the interview, which is uh, is Basham going, "All right, is that it?" And then walks off. <laughs> and I just thought, <laughs> what a, what a great summary for uh, for the return of football. Is that it? <laughs> and then yeah. just walking out. So well done, Basham. But my uh, my my real nominee, um, Ben Osborne. Just for having the same reaction as me when uh, McBurney took his shirt off before he came on as a sub. So I don't know if you saw this. He was I don't sat think in the stand. I, I know. 
But Bernie takes his shirt off, uh, I guess to put his actual shirt on, and then he adjusts his shorts. <laughs> and I think Osborne had the same reaction as me. He was like, flipping egg, he's going to take his shorts off as well. <laughs> while the camera's like in close upon him. You can see him sort of just like jump in his seat, like flipping egg, and has a little a little smile to himself. So I, I did enjoy that. But I also want to nominate him because um, uh, I, I think the uh, the time has come for him to get a game. Undoubtedly. He's um, got a minute. <laughs> No, he hasn't, has he? Uh, I will not be surprised at all if uh, Stevens is given a full week off and Osborne starts at left wing back. This again, is the thing that I meant to bring this up earlier, actually. With the, I've seen a few people say Fleck needs to be dropped, Stevens should be dropped, and all this, and understandably, because they're not playing very well. The, the, the question is, I suppose, is do you drop him and the confidence goes a bit further down, or do you carry it on and let him sort of play through this bad run of form? It's a, it's a difficult one. Yeah, I mean, I would swing towards the fact there's so many games and it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's challenging conditions. Basically, saying look, I want to give you a full week off. Like you know, it's it's we're just going to rotate. Basically, we need yeah. to rotate. Don't take it as like you're crap. You're not playing again. Just like we need to. I think you would benefit from not playing four games in ten days. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it'd be interesting I, because uh, I'd say if we lose on Sunday that's probably season over in terms of what we can I mean obviously it sounds daft and we're in league but the way we're playing and stuff and the games we've got coming up so it will be interesting I think we'll probably will be a bit more rotating a lot more than we have been yeah for sure um, as to who wins this award I think that's that's a great point you made with Norwich that they can't catch us anymore and uh, symbolically very nice context after yeah it's, it's only the second time we've lost back-to-back games all season I think it's the mm. uh, what was this I think it was the first time since 23rd might be the first time since Adkins that we've lost uh, 3-0 or three or more goals two games in a row uh, and I think first time since Weir that we've gone three games without scoring in the league so mm. useful context so thank you Norwich I think uh, yeah I think you deserve this award you are the uh, alternative man of the match for this week um, that award brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. Do not forget to check out and indeed pick up your copy of the fanzine because it is fantastic. From it's on its way out, by the way. I know obviously they had issues with the pandemic and everything. It is with the printer, last I heard. Yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, uh, printer, a little bit of a backlog for uh, being shut down for a few months. But yeah, yeah hopefully, hopefully winging its way to everybody's uh, letterboxes very soon. Uh, that is at denblades.co.uk, of course. Right. Shall we uh, leave the past behind us and yeah. look towards the future? And that is Arsenal FC coming back to the lane on Sunday, 2 o'clock, uh, for an FA Cup quarterfinal tie, which, yeah, as you kind of say, this is um, this is kind of the season now. I mean, you know, eighth, I think eighth might be a Europa League spot in the league, if I've, I've actually forgotten how that works now with... Uh, with Man City's back. Yeah, I'm not sure. I really, really don't know, to be completely honest. But, uh, yeah, I would say um, getting to an FA Cup final is is probably the prize. I know this is just the quarterfinal, but, um, yeah, another step along that way. Mm. Um, yeah, thoughts thoughts on Arsenal coming this weekend? It's going to... Uh, do you know what? I, because I was really... I wasn't looking forward to that game yesterday at all. I've got to mm. be honest, because I just thought... Well, I thought what what happened is what I thought were going to happen. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one different. You mentioned me earlier about the Arsenal injury list. There, it seemed to be in, in just as much a state as us, and it's a one-off game again. And you know, we are people say we're playing like a championship team. Well, even if we are playing like a champion or a League One team, a League One team can go beat Arsenal, you know, on the day. So yeah. I think it's just a complete one-off game. 
Worst case scenario, we go out of the cup, whatever, you know. It, but uh, the the rewards are huge. It's the semi final of the FA Cup to play for. It's it's a real shame there's no crowds there, but it's going to be interesting to see us at Bramall Lane as well. I think. Yeah, that is that is the other thing actually. Yeah, as you say, we play three. You know, I think in normal circumstances, I would be more ready to write off these three games. You know, mm. well, no, not more ready, but also ready to just be like, well, it's three away games in a week. Like that's hard, and I, I actually don't know how much of an advantage or disadvantage there is to away games like I'm not I don't think that we'll be back being back at Bramall Lane will be like oh look we're suddenly better because we're playing at home like yeah, yeah I yeah. don't I don't see that there will be a no, huge I don't think it will but I just think it'll be interesting obviously see what we do uh Man United were fantastic yesterday weren't they with the the fake crowd and stuff that, that looked like, awesome like yeah. hats off to them that was 40,000 individual yeah uh, images and then all the um you know the banners around the uh like the, the seats near the near the pitch as well it looked fantastic. And not a bin so. like an inside. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? Was that at Leeds? Or at Leeds, yeah. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yes, fortunately, fortunately not. But well, who knows? I suppose. Well, I'm going to say, what, I say that. Yeah, he might, he might be there in person. No one knows. But <laughs> <laughs> you get some strange people being mentioned on this podcast. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, you kind of touched on it. I mean, I think apart from the relegation teams, I think it's it's Arsenal and us that have had the worst restart when you look yeah. at results and injuries. I mean, they've had a horror show, to be honest. And they, they have a chance to redeem themselves tonight. They play Southampton, which they probably should pick themselves up because Southampton really have... They're a decent team, but they have very little to play for. I think this um, is the first time as well we play a team where we've had an extra day's rest than them. Correct. Oh, this is the um, only time, should I say, for the rest of the it, season. Yeah, well, yeah... I've seen that. We actually have the, uh, and this is quite convoluted, but I think we have the lead, the biggest disadvantage in terms of rest days versus opposition. If you, you know, if you take like who's had more rest of every fixture, if you like, yeah, and add up the number of hours, I think we are the. Uh, it might be us and Liverpool or something like that. We're the biggest disadvantage in terms of rest, mm-hmm. and obviously, um, the fact we play an extra game plays a big yeah, part, yeah, and the that. FA Cup as well. And the FA Cup, yeah, exactly. But yeah, this is uh, one of those very rare, uh, if not the only occasion, certainly one of the rare occasions when we get uh, slightly more rest. Because uh, yeah, they they play tonight, six pm. So it's twenty four hours. Uh, I am a nerd, so I check the weather forecast in Southampton, <laughs> and um, it will also it'll be similar temperatures to God. what what we play. Yes, exactly. Nakarim, I'll get a few more injuries. No offense, Arsenal. Yeah, uh, but I would yeah. like to win. I would like to score a goal uh, for the rest of the season, and I'm also win to lose tonight. I'm really interested in the view from actually because they're always a laugh. Arsenal fans, they're the most self deprecating fans I think I've ever come across. To be honest. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the injuries. So, Gabriel Martinelli obviously scored against us at the uh, Emirates early in the season. as as a really, really good season as a teenage striker for him. Yep. He's out for the season. Leno, the first-choice goalkeeper, I, unless they're you know, pulling a serious fast one, he's definitely going to be out for the weekend because they haven't even announced the extent of his injury yet. And Martinez is all right, the backup goalkeeper, but I think Leno's Leno's had a pretty good season for them. Uh, Torreira, who's an excellent player, he was originally out for the season. He's, he's back in training, but he hasn't featured yet. Callum Chambers uh, is out for the season with an ACL. Pablo Mari likely out for the season, and then you've got Socrates, uh, Suarez, and um, Jacare. And we're All... moaning because we've got O'Connell. <laughs> I know, I know. They they really have been gutted in defence. I mean, yeah, it's what I mean. I think it's I think it's them and us that have had the worst restart looking at re- results and injuries. Yeah. Um, it's David Luiz time for them. They they 
basically have no one else they can play in central defence. So, um, yeah, <laughs> let's let's hope he puts in a, a classic Louise performance yeah. against us. Um, he's going to score, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a, a strange player to watch. I mean, that's the other thing with Arsenal's... I think the narrative on them is, is shifting, and, and I don't really... No, this narrative doesn't dictate if future events. If you like, it's you know no. it's, it describes what's happened. But you know, giving Louise a one-year contract. So... Did you see when they gave him the one-year contract? The top trend on Twitter was banter FC. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, <laughs> uh, you know they're giving that uh, Cedric Suarez a, a four-year deal. He's, he's twenty-nine in a couple of months. Yeah, I think you know there's a lot of. Um, I sent you the uh, the thread. You know, this yeah. is a a lot of this is our old friend Kia Jarabchin's uh, doing with uh, him being the agent behind a lot of these deals. It's and- weird. I mean, uh, I got sent yesterday the the agent fees what have been paid out. I don't know if you've mm, seen that. I, I haven't looked at it closely. Um, it's, it's like two hundred sixty million in the last year. It's in the absolutely League. ridiculous. Bear with me two seconds because uh, here we go. Um, yeah, so Arsenal paid out thirty million in agent fees. A lot of that with Louise, I think. Yeah, and we well, for instance, just in the comparison, we only paid we well, I only we paid four point two. Uh, altogether, it was two hundred and sixty-three million pounds. Yeah, that's a lot of dollars to uh, yeah. middlemen. Chelsea um, paid twenty-six million. Liverpool thirty million. Mad. Anyway, this is what we're supposed to be competing against. <laughs> <laughs> Agents are getting more than our record transfer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, pre- just thinking back to pre- the previous games with Arsenal this season. I mean, the, the home game. You know, there, there was no fancy about that performance in terms of like we you know we we didn't try anything uh, unusual or innovative. You know, it was just just our best team, I think. You know, and we outworked them essentially. Musa McGoldrick up front. Uh, you know, got got an early-ish lead from a set piece, and and that was it. Arsenal didn't really lay a glove on us; we were able to, yeah. you know, keep him keep him away pretty comfortably. Um, away from home, it was Moussa and McBurney, and we, in some ways, I think that is probably a better preview for how Sunday might go, given that we we didn't really get near him in the first half, and you know, we're kind of deservedly behind, I thought, and then we. We switched it up, didn't we? We went four three three in the second yeah, half with Cal- yeah, Callum yeah. Robinson. Robinson came on, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, no, no, good effect, and you know that four three three works. And I, I don't, I don't think we have the personnel particularly to do that this time, unless we're, yeah. you know, trying something funky with, um, I don't know, Zivkovic out wide or something yeah. like that, which I, you know, is would be a complete departure, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting. I, I just, I, I worry that. Um, so I think initially before we started um, resumed the season, I was like bring that Arsenal game on, you know, we'll get right into him and it'll be it'll be like the home game was earlier in the season. But we've seen zero evidence in three games that it's going to be anything like that. Uh, and it, it kind of would be shocking, I guess, now if we just flip that switch so easily mm. and do play the way that we were used to, I suppose, against Arsenal. So as much of a mess as they're in, you know, they do have better individuals than us, I think. You know, players like Pepe, Aubameyang, um, Lacazette. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a, a difficult game. So um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it more than last night because I, I think yeah. they are def- definitely more vulnerable than um, uh, than well certainly than Man United were obviously. Mm. Um, but yeah, what, do you, are you more optimistic or less optimistic than you were a couple of weeks ago? I'm I'm really intrigued. I, I, I'm re- a couple of weeks ago I'm more optimistic. Obviously, I'm really intrigued. It's two teams come bang out of form with injuries. 
I, I don't know what I, I do not know what's going to happen. The 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 pessimist says that because they do have more quality, that should see them through. But I have absolutely no idea. What, what about you? <laughs> Can we get a goal? Like that's the thing. Uh, if we, I, I think uh, if, if we take the lead in one of these games, we might actually win it. <laughs> it'd be good to just have a just to go. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, one of my mates tweeted earlier. Actually, was just saying. It's just saying he was, uh, you know, pre-resumption, he was wondering what it would be like to celebrate a goal. Yeah. Um, like, what it would be like to celebrate, basically, of when football's back. And we'll he's, never still, know. <laughs> he's still waiting. And, yeah, yeah, so am I. Like, so, yeah, it's, uh, it, it will be uh, interesting to see how that goes. But I, I, I don't know. I think I think it's one. We, we just need to finally score a goal. I think it sounds so obvious, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah, I need to see a bit more attacking um from us. And uh, mm. yeah, I don't know. I think the, the sort of slightly worrying thing is we kind of tried most combinations now. You know, we had Musa and McGoldrick yesterday. That was what we wanted to see. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Musa goes off injured at half time, doesn't he? And mm. spends the last 15 minutes of the half hobbling, hobbling around. Um, yeah. McGoldrick was shot after an hour or so, which is completely fair. You know, he, he's obviously yeah. coming back from an injury himself. Um, I'd have so, taken a Goldrick off possibly at our time to be completely honest but just I suppose it's for, fitness, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, but I, I would like to see a start with that partnership again against Arsenal. You know, try and try and basically pick the team that played against them uh, the first time around this season and uh, yeah, if, if O'Connell comes back I do think that will make, will make a big difference. Obviously I have Henderson back, I have Egan mm-hmm. back. Um, yeah, so we'll we're giving ourselves our best best shot, I think. Whereas, I do feel like we've been very hamstrung in these first few games with, uh, you know, with O'Connell and Fleck out the first game. O'Connell, uh, Fleck definitely feeling his way back to fitness in the second yeah. one, and then just not really having a chance yesterday at all. So, yeah, uh, looking forward to it. I am glad of a an extra day's rest for sure. Uh, it's Thursday now. Obviously, we don't play until Sunday, so it's. Yeah, they get uh, three full days of rest. And also, it's going to be cooler in Sheffield on Sunday, which I'm personally grateful for, but I would imagine the players will be as well. So not having to uh, press Arsenal in 30 degrees is probably going to be beneficial to us as well, I think. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think, you know, it's going to be interesting, as I said, because obviously both teams are not in any sort of form or anything like that. But I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, to be honest, because I'm an idiot. uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, you know, it's always that hope, isn't it? Yeah, well, back at Bromel Lane, a bit more rest, as I say. Hopefully Mm -hmm. O'Connell's ready to go. A bit more fitness in the legs of uh, of Fleck and everyone else. Um, Yeah, let's let's do it. Chance to, uh, you know, this this is the season, as we've said now, um, I think. So uh, yeah, yeah. All uh, you know, leave everything out there. I suppose. Don't, yeah. there's, there's no need to be uh, taking people off after an hour or you know. What's the game after that, Tottenham? You know, when when is that? I believe that's next Thursday. That's with a bit of a rest, then I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, what we've that. been used to, at least. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, uh, liquor's wounds, I suppose, for the next few days and uh, and, and get ready for that one. But I, I just just a. You know, generally, like I said at the top, I don't know if it's just because it's so hot, I almost don't have the energy to do much more than just kind of sit here. <laughs> like yeah. Get worked up about uh, about getting hammered by Man United, which uh, could very well have happened in normal yeah, circumstances. Yeah, I didn't, like you say, I'm, I wasn't sort of... I was really angry against after Newcastle, so I thought we were awful. Last, mm. It might be the heat, as you said yesterday. I was just sort of, that's it, you know, with... Got outclassed. That's it, really. I wasn't angry. I wasn't sort of 
throwing things around or anything like that, which is unusual for me after a defeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly the same. Right, any uh, any final thoughts, mate? No, I think that's it. I think we covered that. Obviously, we'll be back, won't we, uh, on Monday? So, Yes, indeed. Well, hopefully we'll have a goal and, uh, well, not not three points, but a place in the FA Cup semi-final to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's, let's, be... let's do it. Come on, let's give some some to like to play for to end the season now. Yeah, I know. I, I'm not enjoying this whole, like, uh, you know, we, we've played three games and I've had absolutely nothing to enjoy out of those three games. Like, even the goal well, you, we you had the goal for, for a very, what, half a second? <laughs> yeah, yippee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where, where can people find the view from Man United and the forthcoming view for Arsenal? Uh, com or... Uh... Panchero on Twitter where I've also obviously put a video out of me finally getting rid of my Columbia shirt oh yeah jeez mm. we can't we can't not mention that yeah d- uh, just very talk, sad talk I feel a bit us. sorry for it people burn it burn it you know people are oh it's not good enough you know why are you wearing it it's been good to us that you know you can't just write it off it's it's the sole reason why we're staying up <laughs> are you uh are you giving it a proper burial or what I'm gonna keep it because as someone said once the crowds come back you might, you know, maybe it's the power of the crowds that, that mm. you know, maybe the, the two combine, and that's that's the magic of it. I think it'd be uh, foolish to get rid of it um, in such weird circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's been symbolically retired, has it? Yeah, I'm gonna hang it up for now. I'm wearing an Inter Milan shirt on Sunday. Don't I don't know why. To be honest, I just, <laughs> just the first thing that came. I thought, right, what's next? And I thought, yeah, I'll wear an Inter Milan. Why not? So if it, <laughs> okay. if we're winning that, I'll I'll wear that. If we lose the next one, I'm wearing it again. I'll just wear that for cup games. I've already, I've got it all sorted. I don't, everyone should calm down because yeah, I've got it sorted. It. <laughs> you, you're uh, very, very well prepared. More well prepared than uh, Sheffield United looked. <laughs> we got the lockdown anyway. Yeah. Nice one. Right, let's uh, let's finish there. Arsenal on Sunday. We will be back on Monday. Thank you as always for your time, mate. And I will uh, catch up with you later. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Thanks to Andrew. Thanks very much to you for listening and downloading. And finally, thank you also to Beer52, sponsor of this podcast. A reminder, Beer52 are offering a free case of their handpicked beers to BlazePod subscribers. All you need to do is head to beer52.com slash BlazePod, sign up and cover just the $4.95 for postage. They will deliver a case of eight free beers direct to your door, meaning you barely need to leave the sofa to sip delicious craft beer from around the world. And these aren't just any beers. Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. They traverse the globe to find the best and most interesting craft beers from the greatest small batch breweries that are out there and deliver it straight to your door. They do not hold you to ransom. You can leave at any time with no cost to you. Sign up today, get your free case of craft beer. You get it from beer52.com slash bladespod. That's the words beer and the numbers 52.com slash bladespod. 